Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Oh, I'm good. You're good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I haven't seen you in person in like forever. Yeah, we, we lead busy lives, you and me. Yeah, we do. We Actually, are... my, my kids lead busy lives. I'm just like shuttling them around. Well, we are the working class of America. We, we go and do things and we pick things up and put things down. We, we go hither and yon, and we get things done while everybody else sucks off the tit of the government. No, see, you're the working, and I'm the class. That's how that works. Oh. Right? Fancy. Yeah. Sure. sure. <laughs> it's very bourgeois of me to say. Yes. So I had an interesting conversation with a very close relative of mine that uh, shocked me. Okay. You want it? Okay, so we're talking about... Uh, and I try and avoid politics with this person because um, it's uncomfortable sometimes. You know, this is someone I would think would be on my side a lot because sort of always has. And uh, so we were talking about uh, Ukraine and Zelensky. And I said, I don't trust that guy at all. Nope. Right? And, well, I'll tell you, this is my mom and dad. Okay. And my mom goes, I don't either. And my dad goes, well, why is that? And I said, well, he's shutting down churches and he's, uh, you know, closing up uh, radio state and TV stations. And he's basically making yeah, one, government, one government, me- uh, government media. media and he yeah. goes, and I said, he, he's getting rid of the other ones under the guise of them being pro-Russian. And maybe they are, right? But I just don't like that. I think that stinks. And I don't think we should be giving the guy our money. And my dad says to me, well, I haven't heard about this stuff. Well, he's just decided to check out, hasn't he? Well, so, no, his point was, he said, look, I'm pretty informed. He says, there's three newspapers I read every day. Now, I think one of them is a Minneapolis Star Tribune. So that's about as hammer and sickle as it gets. Right. Um, And then the New York Times, which, you know, he says is one of the most prestigious papers in in the history of the country. True, but still very, very left. And then he didn't tell me what the third one was. And I said, well, you know, just because you read the same three papers every day doesn't mean you're you're that informed. I said, you're just hearing the same opinions. He goes, well, I got to be honest, when I see some of these other things that, you know, sound sort of uh, fantastical, he goes, I consider the source. Oh, boy. And most of the time I just dismiss them. And I said... What what do you dismiss it? He goes, if the source isn't reputable. And I said, what's reputable? He goes, well, if I've heard of them before. Yeah. So basically anything establishment is what's reputable uh, in his opinion. I said, if you haven't heard of them, it doesn't count. And he goes, yes. Now, this is an extremely intelligent man, sort of the all-around smartest person I've ever met in my life. I mean, the guy's got a bunch of degrees. He's just... Uh, not just very smart, but 
smart in the practical sense, right? So I said, look, you don't have to look very far to find this stuff. And so I sent him three articles basically showing how Zelensky had shut down all of these TV stations, right? Yep. Um, And there were, I get some of them mixed up, but they were, you know, all sort of variations on the same story based on their politics. So I sent him one from uh, some conservative paper. I think it was like the conservative or something. Um, And I said, okay, you'll dismiss this because it's too far right for you. Um, And this is a guy who's pretty fiscally conservative. You know, government spends too much of our money, blah, blah, blah. Just doesn't like Trump. Um, And then uh, uh, I sent him one from The Guardian. And I said, this is about as left as you get. Okay. And then I sent him one from, I said, you may have heard of this source before, but I'm not sure. NPR. (laughs) Like (laughs) National Public Radio. It's not down the middle, but to someone like him, it's going to be about as down the middle as you get. And I haven't heard back. So, well, uh, so what about maybe sending him a uh, gift subscription to Daily Wire? Oh, he'd he'd be like, I don't want to listen to that stuff. So Ben Shapiro and all those guys, that's that's not reputable. Jeremy Boring, Matt Walsh. (laughs) I don't know if he would see that as not reputable as much as he just doesn't want to listen to it. Okay. Well, then I mean, a daily wire does have their articles. Like you can pay like a, a smaller fee not to watch videos, but just to get their articles without, you know, cause there's a paywall behind it's behind some of the pay, some of the articles are behind the paywall. So you can, you can get the real cheap monthly subscription just to see the articles. But I mean, if he actually just reads the actual paper, the physical paper, then you're out of luck. Yeah. So, yeah. well, he reads it online, but, okay, uh, well then, I know. mean, this is a guy who's just pretty set in his ways. And I was just like, you know, I, I don't trust this Zelensky guy. I don't, you know, and I said, take, for example, the missile using air quotes here that landed in Poland that they're saying, oh, it's Russian. And, uh, it, you know, it turns out it's not, it was an anti-aircraft missile. Yeah. Uh, it's cold war technology. Um, our missiles launch our, uh, anti-missile missiles will launch. And if they miss the target, they'll try and reacquire it. And if they can't, they just explode. Right. So they don't land on stuff. Um, and I said, Zelensky is still pushing that this is a Russian missile. Yeah. And he said, he goes, well, that's because that's because they're, you know, it looks like a Russian missile. I'm like, yeah, but he knows better. it may look like one, but he knows it's not. He knows the lie is a lie. Yeah. And he said, well, it's kind of hard to tell those things. And I'm just like, it's just making excuse after excuse about this thing. Yeah. And, what, what's what's why does he feel the need to justify our involvement or, or that he doesn't know the guy personally? He doesn't benefit from anything. What What is it? Is it pride or ego? Well, he didn't make a case for, you know, he didn't make a case for Zelensky. It was me who said, I don't like the guy. And he said, well, based on what? And that's a, that's a, um, you know, a philosophy that I appreciated growing up under. And I do that with my kids too. And some of my friends like you, um, and other friends of mine that I'm close to are fairly comfortable with that. It gets some, it gets tense sometimes, but I grew up in a household where you were encouraged to state your opinions boldly. 
but you had to understand that when you did that, there was a very high probability that someone would disagree. And the point was, make your case. Sure. And I think he was saying, well, why is it that you don't like the guy? And then he was refuting some of the stuff, not necessarily um, pro Zelensky, but also not playing devil's advocate. So he wasn't he just, just was like, yeah, he wasn't vehemently opposing you. He was just going, well, why do you think that? Well, I haven't heard he, any of that. He was a little bit, but he was sort of along the lines of, I think it was a combination of challenging me and at the same time sort of like saying, this isn't big enough to get worked up over. Well, it is. Yeah, it is big enough to get worked up. Yeah, over. it is. I mean, I may, maybe at retirement age, it's like, hey, I'm, I've I've done my part. I don't need to get all worked up about this stuff. Maybe you know, maybe that's the attitude. I get that. If that is it, you know, it's like his time well, is done. He's done his part. He's voted. He's been active or whatever. And now he just wants to enjoy his retirement. That's I. That's fine by me. But don't don't act like you're in the know at this point. Well, this is the same guy who, um, you know, we he and I got into. I mean, close to a shouting match over masks. Um, and uh, it really did bug him that I was that I was saying, you know, I'm not, why should I wear one? And he goes, you know, for your neighbor. And I'm like, hmm. what do I care? Yeah. You know, my neighbor's job is my neighbor's responsibility. He goes, okay, so just take care of your screw, yourself and screw everyone else. I said, well, not the words I used. And he goes, well, that's what you're saying. I said, no, that's how you interpret what I'm saying. Yeah, and uh, I was like- having this. I was having this argument with my oldest son there, and I could tell it was making him a little uncomfortable. And I just said afterwards, I said, "Look, it's good for you to see this. It's good for you to see that people of good nature and good intention can disagree, and yet still be friendly." Yeah, you know. And uh, I said, "It's good for you to see people make points and refute other people's points." I said, "This is important." And uh, I want you to be comfortable with that stuff. You don't have to like it. You just have to be comfortable. My my wife has said this a lot of times to me. She'll say, you just like to argue. I said, I don't like to argue. I'm just comfortable with it. You yeah. know, I would prefer that we all got along. I would prefer everybody thought like I did. You know, well, that's... actually, I probably don't because then it'd be really boring. But my point is, I'm not going around looking to pick fights. I'm just that when they happen, I'm fairly confident in my opinions and my positions because I've spent a lot of time researching them. Well, it's good with you have that opportunity with your dad to present facts and, 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 uh, you know, answer questions. Whereas with my dad, he was so thoroughly indoctrinated that it, it was impossible. It was just this, you know, dismissive, um, you know, shut down kind of there was no back and forth there was no you know it was all it was you know whatever rachel maddow maddow told him that night was was the truth well you know and and, uh, and it was frustrating because my whole family um were you know we finally we, we grew up democrats you know lutheran minnesota democrats and you know slowly over the years we kind of came to our senses and realized you know what was what but my dad just kind of stuck in his ways and thought you know he's a depression era guy that uh you know worked hard all of his life and you know the democrats were there for you know they they um you know the fdr did the great deal um was that fdr 
Yeah. yeah, the New Deal. The New Deal. The New Deal and helped a lot of guys and, and you know, the they're all the Democrats are for the unions and the little guy and he just never got out of that mindset. So, you know, you tried to talk politics with him and he just would shut down or he'd get really angry. At one point we got into a shouting match. My my one of my other siblings and I were sitting at the dinner table. Our mother also was, you know, all conservatives like us. Dinner table got into a shouting match where he just stuck his fingers in his ears. <laughs> like, and because, and, and I, the next day I had to apologize and go, you know what? There was no reason for, you know, why I get to that point, you know? Yeah. Where, where it was like, it was really angry and it should never have got to that point with, with your, with your immediate family, at least I don't think. Well, there's a point where, and maybe it's when you get much older and you sort of just go, ah, you know, it's like, ah, BS, and yep. you move on kind of thing. Yep. I, you know, and I that I find that frustrating. I find it frustrating that people who want to engage in the back and forth hear something that they're not comfortable with, and they go, I don't, I don't want to hear that, you know? Um, and you say, well, why not? And they just go, ah, I just, you know, I don't like the source, or it's stupid, and blah, blah, blah. I tell them, I've told my uh, boys that they are no longer allowed to call something stupid. And they said, why not? And I said, because stupid is a lazy argument for, I don't like what you're saying. Yeah. Just tell them, just call it retarded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said, but when you say something is stupid, you want people to agree with you and dismiss it or just shut it down and not listen. I said, no, don't call things stupid. Say, you know, if you're going to say, if you have that yeah, urge be specific to say, about it, if you think it's stupid, yeah. why is it stupid? Cause then you can dig down to, to what the truth of the matter is. Yeah. And generally you can get to, you're uninformed you're not stupid. You're not a dumb person. You just have a bad take on something or you don't have facts or, and, uh, or you, you know, or, you, or you're depraved <laughs> when it comes to this, uh, yeah, there's that know, too. When it comes to the, the uh, deviant community. Yeah. But, I've had people say to me, do you, you know, do you enjoy the part where you beat someone in an argument and it's obvious, you know, and, um, and I'm like, well, no, because I, I never liked it when someone did it to me. But I also think, you know, like, like you had said about your dad, um, when, when, uh, someone says, uh, I, I believe, I don't think we we're talking about this on the podcast. I think it was outside of this, but. You said uh, your dad would tell somebody when they made food if it wasn't very good. He would just be like, no, it's, very, it's not very good. Yeah. And you, would, you and your brother would say, well, like, why would you say that to somebody? He goes, well, if, they, if you never say anything to them, how are they going to know? How are they going to they gonna know it's not good? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, there's something to that, you know? And I just, I can't remember what, the, I saw a video on this. There's, um, God, I should have written this down. There's this, um sort of theory that these two uh, psychiatrists or psychologists put together. Um, it reminded me of the Dunder Mifflin thing. It's it, one of them starts with an L and the other one starts with the, I can't remember what it is, but it basically is like a small amount of knowledge uh, tells you, you know, so like learning a little bit about something tricks you into thinking you're way, very informed. And the more you learn about it to a certain degree, the more you realize you don't know enough yeah, it's like and college so, college kid syndrome or something, right? Yeah. And so, you know, as you study more, you get smarter on it, and pretty soon you realize you're not, you're not dumb. So they have the three stages of it, and the one is, you know, uh, it uses stereotypes here, but, you know, the young 
college kid who reads a little bit about something is really feels really sure in their knowledge just like the one guy in the goodwill hunting movie when he's trying to talk economics with ben affleck and embarrass him and matt damon shuts him down um you know they read a little bit of something and they want to regurgitate it and they're so proud of it you know like think like david hogg you know he learns a little bit of stuff about guns and he just spits it out there like he's an authority yeah Yep. And then as you learn a little bit more, you realize, gosh, I just don't know that much. And you, you learn a lot, but you don't want to say much because you just don't know enough to be confident. And then later on, you realize you know a bunch about it, and you're, you're able to take in both sides pretty well, and you're a little more reserved with your comments. But the point was, in a debate, in a debate, those three people... They will, you know, the people watching it will go by the, 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 the winner will be the first one. Yeah. You know, yeah. Cause he seems to spit because, facts and, out. And, they're, and, and they're, their arrogance and confidence. It makes it sound like they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and you said, do you just like winning? I, I, I don't generally argue with people to win, uh, to win an argument. I argue with them to try to convince them of my point. Uh, I'm not trying to own them. I'm trying to get them to see my point and agree with me that that's, and then a way to do that is a lot. I couldn't do this with my dad so much, but it was with humor. I had another guy that was a Democrat and he called me his favorite Republican as an you know, 80 year old guy. And, uh, but we'd debate, but we could do it in, with humor and we could at the very end, just decide, well, let's agree on something, you know, and we'd laugh about it. And that's kind of the, the way you do it. And every so often you'd be like, well, next time you talk to him, he would come around your way a little bit. And you'd be like, well, he wasn't, he wasn't agreeing with me on this point last time. So he's coming around, you know? Yeah. I have to admit, I never argued really like to prove somebody wrong or to, I mean, yeah, I, sorry, I, I would do that. It wasn't so much to like teach them or instruct them. I think, you know, every once in a while you do it just to prove somebody wrong. But for the most part, I always found I was taking my own beliefs and sort of testing them, you know, yeah, like thro throwing them out there, like sort of like bait to see if anybody would go for it. And when you don't know much about something, you get embarrassed pretty fast if you do that. So it kind of teaches you if you're going to, you know, spit out some stuff about a subject, you better be prepared. Did you see this video recently? It's uh, Ben Shapiro debating. Um, I think it was like a professor, you know, where he had, where it's like the Turning Point USA stuff where they have a crowd of college kids or whatever, and then they have the question uh, answer segment. And some guy comes up and asks him, you know, if you believe that you've said this, that abortion is a Holocaust, it's basically, it's, it's murder, Holocaust, I think that's the word he's used. And he goes, but you said that in Germany, when, when Hitler was you know, exterminating Jews, that that uh, people were justified in shutting down the uh, the gas chambers if they if they'd show up and they you know shoot at the guards and and uh, you know cause damage in order to shut them down they'd be justified. Well, how can you say that and not think that it'd be justified to go and bomb you know bomb or kill abortion doctors and bomb clinics? And that was a pretty interesting question. Was, and uh, Ben Shapiro didn't even stumble. He, he had thought this out beforehand. <laughs> you know, he had he had probably had this go. What what? Where's my weakest? point that I have to have to d decide what's my weakest uh, argument. And he came up with it right away. So he didn't even go, well, let me think about this. Cause I know Jordan Peterson kind of does that where he actually 
you can catch him thinking on the spot, but he's such a smart guy. He comes to the right conclusion, conclusion, just kind of talking it through. Whereas Ben Shapiro like, no, let me tell you exactly what's going on here. And he goes, I'm, I'm not walking back that statement. I believe it. And here's the reason why I think this is your analogy is wrong. Um, what, what was his reasoning? Just curious. Um, he said something about, I wasn't totally convinced by it, but he said something about when a democratic society, there's still options to change it, you know, uh, through, through yeah. the system. And he goes, while that option is still available, you can't resort to violence. And he that's had, a good point. Yeah. And he had another point too. And I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but I've often, you know, thought the same thing. Cause we talked about which comedian was it that said, you know, people that think abortion is murder. I mean, it'd be like, don't you, if people walked around and started murdering toddlers, you'd be pretty upset about it. Yeah. Louis CK. Yeah. And, and I was thinking about, it, I was like, yeah, so why aren't we, um, you know, <laughs> taking, taking the war to the abortionists. You know, and well, there's a good reason for it because it would be chaos for one and you'd be a lot of people in prison and then you you galvanize the other side too. Oh, I think that's another thing Ben Shapiro said, pra- the practical reason. Well, there's a practical reason for it too. Trying to, you're trying to change hearts and minds and trying to convince people to come to your side and that's not going to help, you know, yeah. murdering, murdering people and bombing places. Well, you create martyrs. Right. That. Right. Yeah, like I think I remember, uh, I can't remember where this was, but uh, remember the guy, the uh, um, Olympic Park bomber in the uh, Olympics in Atlanta years ago in the 90s? Was that the one where they blamed Richard Jewell, the security guy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but ruined his same, life, basically. Yeah, that same guy um, who set that bomb off, I guess, was, I, I don't think I have these guys confused, was running around bombing abortion clinics. Hmm. Um, but right around that time, and I don't think it was this guy, but right around that time, there was a doctor who performed abortions at a clinic, and he's standing in his kitchen, and some guy was uh, laying in wait in his yard, like in a tree, and shot him through his kitchen window, uh, killed him right in front of his daughter, right there in his kitchen. And I'm like, you can think abortion is evil and all that stuff, but you're just as bad if you're doing something like that. I mean, there, there's a better way to go about that. I, you know? I think you're might might not be just as bad, but you're not good. Is where I put it. <laughs> yeah, you're not a good you're not a good person. So, yeah, but on the but, other hand, I can understand thinking baby murder is like the pinnacle of evil. Why, you know that that and what these pieces of shit are doing to kids. We're gonna talk a little bit about a little bit more about um, uh, like Valencia or maybe no, is that all done? Um, I don't know if it's done or not. I okay. I do know that uh, um, in can't get a can't get around the whole Twitter thing lately. Uh, they've been shutting down um, Antifa channels. They've been shutting down these uh, what they say are child porn. Yeah, uh, trafficking you know, and porn sites for you know. yeah. So I don't know anything about those. I'm not on Twitter. All no, I've heard is from sort of right leaning media saying, "Oh, they're shutting these things down." So I don't know if that's true. Well, did or not. you did you hear that Jack Dorsey came out and kind of um, Elon Musk came tweeted that uh, that the um, the people that were in charge of the trust and safety board and Twitter were allowing the stuff to happen. The, the child yeah. pornography and Jack Dorsey came out and said, that's not true. And, uh, Elon came back and slapped him down with the receipts said, here's, here's what they've been doing. here's, here's what happened when my people came in and they said, that's not a priority to shut this stuff down. And I had to get rid of them because they wouldn't pro- prioritize it. Yeah. So 
Yeah, it's it's pretty sickening. I was listening to an interview um, by Elijah Schaefer, who's kind of gone off the deep end. He was with Blaze for a little bit, and I think he either quit or got fired. And um, he was one of those. He's the one that uh, him and Sidney Watson had that uh, had the guy on that that you know got called out for watching his wife get screwed. <laughs> okay, Jack Murphy. But okay. uh, so they kind of blew him up, and then they kind of they kind of imploded after that that show. Is Murphy even around anymore? I don't think so. I think he still got his little you know manosphere kind of website, but he's probably not raking in the dough like he was. Because I mean, he used to be on Tim Pool a lot. Oh yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah. so so Elijah Schaefer has his own show now, and uh, he had Laura Logan on, and uh, she was a former uh, war correspondent. You know, yep, and 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 I don't was she an anchor too at one point or just a correspondent? Uh, no, she was sort of a um, kind of one of those. I don't think I'm using the right term, but I said Gonzo reporters. Just well, she's like a and, yeah, but but she was well a war correspondent. She was actually in war zones reporting yep, on them. Yep, and then she ended up getting basically just about raped in uh, what was it uh, during the. Uh, which uh, when Gaddafi it's one of the Gulf Wars, was it, I think no, was, it? was it. Hold on a sec. It's my security system. Uh, no, when Gaddafi, when people were uprising against Gaddafi, she was there and oh, okay. What, what there was a term for it. I can't. I can't remember what the name of the uprising was called, but it's the one where Hillary said we went, we and we killed him, and she was all proud of herself. Yeah, um, yep. we went, we saw he's dead. Like that's that was her quote or something like that. But Laura Logan was there, and during the exuberant you know, protests and, and celebrations. She was basically gang molested in the streets yeah. by a bunch of, a bunch of Arabs. So, uh, anyways, so she came back and after that and was on various shows and networks and still doing reporting, but she went on Newsmax if Newsmax a few times, but she was, she's very heavily now into the, um, child trafficking stuff. And reporting on that and doing, you know, doing investigative journalism. Ah, just a second. Oh, boy. Well, no, no one's getting in here. Um, so she's, she's doing investigative journalism about, um, you know, child trafficking. She's been in Mexico and she got in tight with somebody who's been in this field for 30 years. And she went and talked to even got a sit down interview with the trafficker. She got sit down interviews with some of the girls that were being trafficked. And she said it was the hardest thing she's ever done because when she's interviewed people that were the victims of assault or the victims of terrorism or whatever, she said it's over for them at this point. I mean, they might be broken. They might have a lot a long road to recovery, but they can go, you know, they're, they're out of that situation. She goes, this, this trafficking, she knew these girls she was talking to were going to go right back to it and, 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 and be abused and raped afterwards and she said it was heartbreaking she goes and so her mission is basically to stop this stuff from happening now and uh she's been called out and or basically canceled and she got basically um canceled from newsmax they're not going to have her back on and all these other quote-unquote reputable news news things because she basically says yeah there's a satanic cabal of 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 you know child molesters out there <laughs> and well, uh, she's, she also got kicked off she was on fox she got kicked off for some other comments yeah, too i mean right? but she was right i mean if you listen to her long form which is a good thing i think um she's right and she's she's right to be outraged and angry about all this 
She goes, I'm, yeah, but I think what she was kicked off of Fox for was that I don't want to say it was anti-Semitic, but it was something like that. Oh. Well, she uh, when she didn't give me any impression in the hour long interview that uh, was, was she was anything but rational. And uh, she says, this is unverified what I'm telling you right now, but I'm, I'm working on looking into it right now. And so she was not just stating stuff, you know, willy nilly. She was saying, OK, this is what I know for a fact. This is unverified, but I'm work- looking into it now. And, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she goes, it's, what about this list, this, uh, Epstein, the, the clients, why don't, why doesn't anybody know who the clients are? You know, she's like, there is, there is a conspiracy to hide this kind of stuff. And she goes, the amount of trafficking that happens worldwide for, for children is, is, is sickening. She goes, it's heartbreaking and, and it's just not reported. And then you get into the point where you start talking about the, the, uh, what's her name with Balenciaga, the, um, the spirit um, cooking woman. Who, yeah, I I don't know. All I know of the Balenciaga thing is the pictures I saw. So this, there's a woman that that's you know uh, does these really strange occult rituals. She calls it performance art, and all the hoity toities in in Hollywood, um, not all of them, but a lot of them are part of it. And they have parties where they where they do basically rituals satanic rituals but it's called performance art and she's just something called spirit cooking which is a satanic ritual you know some sort of satanic ritual and all of her artwork and her poetry and stuff it's all very disgusting to base stuff and you know about rape and torture and all that kind of stuff and all these big fashion houses are are hand in hand with people like her and so you know when you say fashion industry and 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 the elites and the rich elites are they're practicing you know um satanism and and devil worship and blood rituals with children you're like yeah a lot of it's true maybe not all of them but (laughs) well even pizzagate a lot of that was true a lot of it you know the the fact that they conflated it with a bunch of conspiracy theory shit doesn't mean that 90 percent of it wasn't true the the pizzagate bullshit was a bunch of perverts that were you know abusing kids and 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 sending coded messages back and forth about what they're doing to these kids well, I mean, isn't it sort of, I think Jordan Peterson was talking about this, but it may not have been him. It says, you know, basically um, anybody with a bunch of resources and too much time and nothing to do easily becomes sort of a corrupt and um, debased human being. You know, that if, you, uh, if you're pretty rich and you don't have to worry about making a living and you don't really have hobbies and stuff, you can easily fall into stuff well, that's pretty and, depraved. And we can't uh, dismiss the fact that these people don't have God in their life. You know, that's a big thing that people need in their life. That's what we're kind of built for having faith. And if you don't have uh, Jesus or God in your life, you're going to worship something. You're going to worship, well, you're going to worship wealth. People, you're going to worship um, society, a fame. You're going to worship money. See, I still think it comes down to the person because there's plenty of people who do, uh, quote unquote, have God in their lives and turn out to be really shitty human beings too. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't think it comes down to that. I think it comes down to your moral fiber. But it certainly, yeah. it certainly doesn't, it, it doesn't uh, help to be, uh, um, and uh, I keep wanting to say agnostic. The biggest uh, authoritarians in the world, the ones that the ones that uh, that did the most damage and amassed the most power, realized that they had to destroy religion. They had to get religion out of their society in order to you know to become become the uh, authoritarian you know 
like uh, Stalin and Mao and all of them, they, they, they had to try to stamp out any uh, worshiping other than them, the state. Oh, I don't disagree. A hundred percent. I agree. And you're certainly more inclined. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If you're not, uh, if you're not. Atheist. Uh, it, there we go. Sorry. Okay. I kept thinking anti something okay. and I kept getting stuck on agnostic. agnostic. But <laughs> okay. I, I mean, you know, I was here. Atheists go, you know, we're the best people. Blah, blah. No, most of the atheists I meet are some of the shittiest people I've ever met. Um, and not because they're bad people. They're just so fucking smug. Yeah, there's a lot of atheists that don't even realize their their morality is, is based upon, you know, uh, having Christian morality. Well, you know, a great example of that kind of person, I think, is Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla says he's an atheist. Okay. But, I mean, the guy goes out and works his ass off and, you know, tries to make the world Pendulette. a better place. And, uh, well, Pendulette, I don't know. Pendulette seems like a nice... He's an arrogant Seems like a nice guy to me, but God, I just, I hate that whole, his, he's big on, I'm an atheist. Yeah. He gets very arrogant about it. You know, uh, atheists, cross trainers and, uh, vegans, yeah. you know, they can all just go to hell. <laughs> Some of the most self-righteous people yeah. I've ever met in my yeah. life. But, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, um, getting back to this, uh, you know, this trafficking stuff, I think, yeah, there's a ton of that that goes on, and people would just rather, you know, believe it doesn't happen. And I think the reason they want to look the other way is they just, they know deep down it's pretty evil shit. Well, and also, you know? who wants who wants to delve into that? Like, Laura Logan was talking about all the videos she's seen, you know, and, and, and the text she's read of, of interrogations of people that have participated in this. And, and she goes, it makes you want to vomit. And yeah. I, go, I go, who wants to get, who wants to go there, you know, and do that? You know, it's there and you just don't, it's like, a, you know, stare long enough into the darkness, you become it or something like that. You don't want to even get close to that shit. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I knew a woman when I was working out at Bally's, was it Bally's? I can't remember. A long time ago that was, she was in the police department and she was one of the people, I don't think she was the head of the um, child abuse department, but she was in that apartment and she had to look at videos. Like they had captured yeah. video on people's cell phones and you know whatever, and she had to watch these fucking videos. And I'm like, how do you do it? And she goes, I kind of have to compartmentalize. You can't, you can't bring it home with you. You can't think about because if you if you see it and you get stuck in your head and you think about it, you're gonna you're gonna go you're gonna go fucking crazy. So it's, yeah. it's a tough thing to deal with. But then we've got people like Biden and 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 his administration that think uh you know the border's not a big deal and and when you talk about all the trafficking that's happening in the border and how the, the rapes and all that kind of shit and they just don't want to acknowledge that it's sickening yeah not I to know. mention the fentanyl coming over uh did you see the video of that uh, police woman that od'd on fentanyl um doing a traffic stop i I saw the teaser clip for it on the national news, but I didn't actually see what's, it. What what's happened? The, what's the name of the drug they give to people? That Narcan. Are, okay. So they had to hit her with Narcan three times. Yeah. So Narcan, uh, I have a friend who's um, in the medical field and has to use Narcan occasionally. And he says uh, Narcan is a really weird drug because it doesn't have any, any ill side effects. So in other words, you can just keep hitting people with Narcan yeah. and it won't, it won't build up or do anything to them. But he said, you know, depending on the dosage you get, Narcan only holds off the effects for a little while. Yeah. So they have to figure out so, how to clean it out of your system. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. So she, what they're thinking, and she had uh, the blue gloves on. 
So what they're thinking is she didn't touch it. She said the, the person probably blew it in her face. So where was this? What? Uh, I didn't get a chance. To, I was, I didn't. I was driving when I was watching, or not driving, but I was out and about when I was watching it. So I didn't get a chance to like sit down and figure it out. But um, yeah, she she had called, got on the radio. I was breathing heavy, and he said, you know, uh, said she was in distress, and there were some other officers nearby, and they got there, and she was basically out of it when they got there, and they they realized, luckily, they realized, yeah, she's ODing, and they hit her with the Narcan. She kind of came to. But then they sat her up and she, she passed out again. She went unconscious and stopped breathing and it's all in video. And they're like slapping her face, trying to wake her up. And they're like, she's not responding. She's not breathing. And they're like, hit her again with the Narcan. And they hit her again with the Narcan. She finally, it was like, dude, it was, it was, it was serious. It was scary. But, yeah. uh, I know even in Minneapolis here, there's, um, um, Sparrowhawk works in an area that's, you know, right by George Floyd square. And, uh, and you mean St. George Floyd? Yeah. Court. And some dude was, you know, like basically out cold on, on the verge of death out in the parking lot of one of the businesses. And, uh, and they're like, oh yeah, he's OD and oh yeah, he's, he's on to fentanyl. He's OD. And someone walked up and jabbed him with, uh, with, uh, something. And he kind of comes to and, uh, Sparrow's like, what that, what's that? And you go, oh, it's just the, uh, what I can't, I keep forgetting the name of that shit. The, Narcan. The Narcan. He's like, we're at a, um, we're at a point in society where guys are just walking around the street with Narcan on them. You know? Yeah. I mean, and they tell you to have it. Yeah. Say, have it with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, if fentanyl is, is, is that deadly, it's basically like somebody could use it as a, as bioterrorism, basically, you know, chemical yeah. terrorism shouldn't be well, not bio, but chemical terrorism. If they had enough of it, if you can aer aerosolize it, you know, and, or if you can have it in, a, in, a, in a, a small area and, you know, you get it airborne for, for a little bit, man, that can cause some serious damage. Yeah, I think it, I think it's tough to use airborne because it disperses. I mean, you can in a closed space and get a couple people with it, yeah. but. Well, I mean, depending on, like if someone had a brick of it, can you imagine they say just a little tiny bit, it'll kill you. They had a brick of it, it a, a brick of it. a reservoir somewhere. Well, if you're in like a, like a commuter train, you know. You'll kill, yeah. you'll kill everybody on the train. If you, if you have a little fan with you and you have powdered uh, fentanyl and you throw it up in the air and blow the fan, I mean, <laughs> you could cause some damage, I think. Yeah. So it's pretty scary stuff. So maybe people but should these start are the people carrying around in the country. What's that? These are the people we're letting in the country. Yeah, between China, China creating the, the fentanyl and, you know, the South American, the cartels trafficking it, uh, you know, the, we've got some enemies and we need to close our border, but no, that's, it's, it's not a priority. Yeah. You know, they got better things to do. Isn't that the last thing Pierre said? It's like, uh, is Biden ever going to go to the worst? Like, we got better things to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, try to rig elections. I'll tell you what. There, I don't think there are many public-facing people who are worse at their job than uh, than uh, the press secretary. Same Pierre, whatever. Yeah. Kareem Jean-Pierre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can never remember her name. KGB or KJB oh, or... Boy. Yeah, and then KJP, she she gets there's a, a, there's an African um, reporter in in the uh, press yeah um, <laughs> and he's she really doesn't like him well but, and I don't I don't know what side he's on but he's just like are you going to take a question from an African well, person T Tucker I mean, had him on and and he was going after her and she just got flustered and mad, and she like really got mad at him it's the Tucker Adam want to talk about. It. I don't know what the question is. It's multiple questions. She just does not like him questioning, you know, her and her, her, the administration. You know, I got to give, I got to give Jen Psaki credit. I mean, even though she was using her 
Peter face all the time. And she was obviously being condescending. She was at least polite, you know? Yeah. Corinne Jean-Pierre doesn't, she doesn't make, first of all, I think she's way over her head in this position. So I'm not, I'm not saying she's a stupid person. She's just not smart enough or capable enough to do this job. Right. She doesn't even really know how to pivot to, to pivot to uh, misdirect or redirect. She just spouts nonsense. That's not related to the question as if she just answered it. Yeah, but it's read three words, look down, read three yeah, more words. Yeah, but it's words, not even related to what the question down. was sometimes. I know, and then she because just she's acts got like, a well, script. there I asked, answered it. No, I just answered that. No, you you did not. So. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know who she is? Do you know, do you ever remember um, a character Martin Short did on Saturday Night Live that was uh, a lawyer? He was all sweaty all the time, and he was <laughs> no. smoking a cigarette, but the... Yeah, I can't remember. So they did like a 60 minutes kind of sketch on Saturday Night Live when Martin Short was there. And he plays this, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but he uh, plays this guy, little round glasses. He's like sweaty and he's trying to smoke a cigarette and his hands are shaking. And there's like an inch long uh, ash sticking off the cigarette, you know? Yeah. You know, and they're like, and they'll be like, why, why do you seem so nervous? He's like, I'm not nervous. You're the one who's nervous. They're like, you're being a little combative. He goes, well, if you ask me, you're the one being combative. Yeah. You know, he goes, maybe you should do a little more research. Maybe get sued a little less, you know, stuff like that. It was just, and she strikes me as that guy's kid. You know? Yeah. She just can't, she can't hold it together. You know? Yep. So. I've told my kids too. I'm like, if you're in an argument and you feel like you have to insult the other person, now you've lost. You ran out of stuff. You know, it's okay to insult them, but use all your ammo first. Yeah, I like interspersing insults. I mean, Larry Curry is a good, good example. Good example of that, where he's like, he's like, he's going to make his point, but he's going to belittle the person because he's no, there's, there's no, there's no point in trying to convince the person. So he's going to make it entertaining for the people watching. Yeah, well, he does a good job of that. Yeah. So, so oh, um, oh, go I was going to say, speaking of deviance, did you hear that the uh, that Sam Britton finally got uh, arrested for stealing? <laughs> he stole someone else's luggage. This is the this is the uh, the non-binary dude, bald dude that wears you know lipstick and dress and, and high heels and works for the uh, um, nuclear disposal nuclear waste disposal commission or something for the, yeah, the administration. This, this is a this is a person who has a mental illness. Yeah, he's and he's, not. Not because he steals the stuff and tries to get away with it. You know, um, that's just that's just somebody being stupid, and when they're cornered, they can't, you know, they just make shit up. But did you hear what he says his little kink is? Oh, he's got more than one, but w- w- what? which well, one are you talking about? I mean, there was the picture of him, you know, with like four people on dog leashes and stuff. Yeah. But he likes to take his significant other, tie them up, um, and naked, tie them up and eat dinner off of them while watching Star Trek. Okay, I, anybody can anybody can have that kind of stuff behind closed doors, right? Whatever you do as consenting adults somewhere, I don't care. Make it as weird as you want. Let your freak flag fly. But if you think in some sort of interview that it's appropriate to to share that sort of shit. You have a problem. Well, the technical term for what he has is called degeneracy. He's a degenerate. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. And and these people that the ones that say, um, let your freak flag fr- fly and, and, and kink, you know, we want to normalize kink. What you want to do is you want to normalize uh, being a being a degenerate, being a deviant. And, and that can never be normalized and because we, we're getting what we get right now. You know, yeah, breakdown in society. Do you, do you get what I'm saying, though? Like, if you and your partner say, hey, do you want to try this? The other one goes, well, that's a little crazy, but sure, let's give it a shot. And then you go ahead and do it, and you're like, all right, we don't tell anybody about yeah. this. right? That's because you at least have a sense of, this is a little out there. Maybe we should keep this to ourselves. But when you're coming out there and saying, no, here's what I like to do, people are looking at you like, ah, uh, you're a fucking lunatic. And you're just like, I know, right? <laughs> then you have a fucking problem. Yep. Yep. You know, that yep. just shows that you don't, you don't have boundaries. You don't have any sense of normalcy. And I don't care that people think normal is a naughty word. Screw you. It's a, it's an important word. You know, well, it, so he got, he got arrested because he did it more than once. Now he got caught. Um, and then they finally, the administration, I think, finally had to suspend him. I'm, I'm sure he's still getting pay. But then did you hear about the uh, the dean of that elite Chicago school that was talking to Veritas, Project Veritas, about having sex workers come into the school and passing out uh, dildos and butt plugs for the kids to, 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 mess, to play with? I heard about it. I didn't know where. I heard it was a teacher or a dean or something. I didn't hear where it was, and I didn't hear the whole story. Yeah, it's a Chicago... Chicago, it's like a, a private school, and this guy is your typical. You know, he he looks very gay. He's got the big big mustache, the big gay mustache, and uh, and the uh, the he's just exactly what you. It looks expect. like Freddie Mercury's older brother. Yeah, he's exactly what you expect from a groomer, and uh, and you know he would admit it. He admitted that he brought these these um during you know. Um, queer month or whatever he brought in sex workers to talk about queer sex using lube versus using spit and, and passing around dildos and, and butt plugs and the kids playing with them and asking questions and uh veritas you know caught you know filmed him being very open about that um so uh the school is defending him yeah of course they are yeah because you know where else are they going to go from there yeah, it's just the fact is at this point these. What do you think they're trying to do? They're they are grooming. They are they are making these kids completely fucked up in the head, just so that they can what? So what they can? What can they do? Well, then they can act out their you know their degenerate sexual proclivities and uh, you know not not be ashamed of it and not be uh, prosecuted for it. That's that's their ultimate goal is to make it normal so that they don't have to worry about keeping it in the shadows and they can. They can go out and proudly, you know, abuse kids, you know? Well, I, I have long ago predicted uh, several times on this podcast that we are seeing the beginning of the end for public schools. Um, and I realized this was a private school, but, um, you know, I think what we're seeing now is that public schools are going to start collapsing. And there's two things recently that happened in Minnesota that made me realize this one is that, uh, you know, there's this big push now, Minnesota has a $17 billion surplus. They have enough money to give every taxpayer like $6,000. That's crazy. Um, but they won't. And, uh, they, they're talking about maybe giving people 500 bucks or 600 bucks 
Or they even have the balls to call them walls checks, like the governor is oh, going to be signing them himself. You know, when Trump wanted to do that, he was a monster. When Walls wants to do it, he's a righteous human being. Anyway, so now, of course, they want to fully fund schools. Minneapolis, or uh, the Teachers Union of Minnesota wants $5 billion of the surplus. We already spend 40% of the state budget on education. If they're underfunded, they have a problem. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they had this big push to hire teachers of color. Now they want to make it so you have to have a certain amount of them because, you know, kids can't learn from teachers who don't look like them. Until you tell people, well, what about the white kids? The white kids can learn from these other, and, they, and they'll tell you, no, no, the white kids can, but the black kids can't. And then you point <laughs> out to them, you're like, but you're saying the black kids are stupid then. Yeah. You are making the case that they are like, no, that's not what I'm saying. You're like, yep. no, that's exactly what you're saying. You're saying the white kids are better than the black kids. That's your argument. And they just don't get it. But so anyway, they're, they want to make this push. But the problem is they keep sending these kids out to the suburbs and farther and farther out because the, the second part of this, the Minneapolis school district is absolutely failing. It's, it's running out of money. So, and they ha they grudgingly admit it's because all of these people have left the district. The Minneapolis schools have just finally gotten so bad. And by the way, they spend more per capita on students in the Minneapolis school district than anywhere else in the state, in the country, or in the world. Yeah. So the Minneapolis school district, if money is the thing, should have the best and smartest kids. And they're failing schools. Their, their uh, graduation rate is 50%, and, uh, which means their failure rate is 50%, and people are leaving the district. The problem is they push these kids out to you know, more um, suburban schools. And then they say, well, we can't have these white teachers in these suburban schools because these black kids that we moved here can't learn from those teachers. Basically what they're admitting is that these kids that they move there are disrupting the learning experience of everybody. And yeah. they, they don't know what to do about it except, uh, except to bitch and complain and play the victim card. Not, not the yeah. kids. I'm talking about the, uh, the administrators. Right. And so what we're seeing is it's collapsing from the middle out. So the Minneapolis school district is going to fall apart and they can, they can throw all the money they want at it. But if they don't have enough kids to fill the schools, the schools start to close, yeah. you know? So, and that's going to move out from the suburbs there. And you're going to see more and more people pull their kids out of those schools. And pretty soon the teachers union, the only choice they will have to save some of their jobs is to support school choice. Yeah. And I think that's where they're going to wind up. Yeah. And you that'll, know? that'll, yeah. Then that's where meritocracy will come back into play where you've well, got the it, good teachers are going to be, are going to be uh, paid a premium because they're, you know, that's what people want. They want their kids, their children to learn. Well, you'll still have a bunch of shitty teachers with agendas who aren't teaching kids anything. Yeah, but, but they won't, you know, but they, it will, it will be harder for them. Yeah, they, yeah, they they won't. You won't be forced to, you know, have your kids. You know, they say, "Well, just homeschool." It's just it's easier said than done. Um, you know, if you're if you got it, if you're working, your the mother's working and the father's working. You know, it's it's a lot to a lot to ask. No, so. I I agree, but now you're starting to see these uh, what do they call them? Like micro schools pop up. So they'll hire a couple of teachers, like twenty families will get together and hire a couple of teachers to cover several subjects 
you know? Yeah. And they'll put that, they'll hire these teachers and pay them from what their kids do, you know? So what, uh, what the government's going to have to do now is try and shut down those schools and take away accreditations and everything, Yeah. you know, and say, well, they, they can't, uh, they don't know anything, so they can't do it, which is a big, it's a, it's a big, uh, Pandora's box to open because then you're technically saying, well, homeschooling doesn't count, you know? Um, so I don't know. It's just, I, I just can't believe that the left doubles down every chance it gets and they don't see how it just gets worse. You know, like they'll say, you know, uh, it's, it's okay for, uh, for you to have same sex marriage. And most people, yeah, it's all right. That's fine. And then they say, you know, well, then it's okay to have, uh, you know, uh, uh, more than one to be uh, polygamous yeah. and people go, well, not, not really, but you know, it's not my business. And then they start going and now I can start marrying, uh, you know, inanimate objects and, and you can laugh about this stuff and say, Oh, that's ridiculous. It happens, yeah. you know? Yep. yep. And there's people trying to normalize this stuff all the time. I mean, this, this guy you're talking about, the who stole the luggage, um, green or what? I can't remember yeah. his name. If you see this guy, it is not about how he likes to dress. It's being shocking and flamboyant and trying to, you know, say, look at me, look at me. I mean, the big bright red handlebar mustache with the bright red lipstick kind of stuff. It, none of it is meant to be like, this is how I feel comfortable. You know, this is my opinion. It's meant to shock and have people go, wow, look at him. Yep. I mean, it's no different than when you were in middle school and some kid dyed his hair purple. You know, every, yeah. he just wanted to have purple hair to make people or, look or the, at him. Or the goth kids that they're, uh, they acted like they didn't, you know, they just want to be left alone, but they dressed yeah. in this manner and acted in this manner that drew attention to themselves. It's like, yeah. you know, you, you want that attention. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to meld or, or be a gray man and, and meld into the crowd. You're trying to stand out you know, yeah. and be seen and, and be noticed. So... Um, do we have a couple minutes before we're done for me to fanboy on Elon Musk again? Uh, sure. You you don't want to talk a little bit about the Sam Bankman Freed bullshit? Um, yeah. FTX. I just, uh, well, I mean, real quick, it's just 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 to wrap it up. He was supposed to testify to Congress, and but before it happened, they arrested him. And where was he? In the Bahamas. Bahamas, and they didn't deny bail to him. Um, so this sounds like he might actually be in some trouble here you know how i lament that uh, nobody ever you know nobody ever gets um consequences this guy might <laughs> well i don't know because apparently he has socked away about 300 uh, million dollars in argentina okay then and they they're thinking don't. he might they're thinking he might bribe his way out of the bahamas okay but it is curious to me that just right before he's supposed to testify in front of Congress, he gets arrested in the Bahamas. Yeah, because they're, I think some of these uh, senators are going to be a little bit worried. Well, they should be. You know, did you know, um, what was it? Uh, Tom Emmer got money from uh, from FTX. Yeah, Tom Emmer uh, represents uh, one of the districts in here here in Minneapolis and, from but, Minnesota. But they're saying that this executive that worked for FTX that donated money to Emmer, and I think he, he donated to a bunch of conservatives, but I think it was more of a uh, one of those where they 
donate money to a conservative that they think is wackier than the other conservatives so that that conservative well you know you know what they are doing against uh all the, the trump yeah. the trump conservatives so yep. I, i'm not i'm not gonna you know say oh emmer's in the pocket of the fdx and I, I have no idea but uh you know it's conservatives and democrats that were getting money from that from them well emmer is like uh on the he's like the chair of the committee on crypto and stuff yeah so it doesn't surprise me that they would have donated to him to, you know, buy some influence. Right. But if I was him, I would turn right around and say, here's that money back. Yeah. It wasn't Friedman either. It was uh, one of his executives. So, you know, it's like probably you, you might not even know until it's too late. Yeah. This is, it sort of bugs me when, um, you know, even politicians I'll agree with a lot of times. And I don't agree with Tom Emmer on everything, but I agree with him on most stuff. Um, it seems to me that that would be a slam dunk to give that money back. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's that much. Like, I think it was like 5,000 or something like that. So it's, really, I don't care. E no, even really, easier. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like really easy to give it back. Yeah. Look, I'll just write a check because this is stupid. I don't want anything to do with this guy, you know? Um, but yeah, it is, it is interesting. I think, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get Epstein. You know, <laughs> I just wouldn't. Yeah. He's got to come out and say he's not suicidal. So, oh, um, so you wanted to fanboy about, uh, Musk. We have time yeah, a little bit. And, and not too much, but, uh, so, and I, again, I don't, I don't know. I haven't verified any of the stuff I'm throwing out there. So it's sort of a little irresponsible, but I have heard that the amount of users on Twitter is higher than it's ever been. Um, if they've really kicked off all the bots, I can't believe that's true. But it does sound like people are coming back to the platform mm -hmm. um, and that a lot of sort of more conservative people are saying, hey, all of a sudden I've got, you know, 5,000 more followers than I had before. Um, and sure, that could be somebody making conservative bots, too. I don't know. But I just I think it's funny that everybody's sitting here saying, you know, that uh, um, Twitter's going to fail under Musk and it was stupid and he's. But now they're coming at him with just these petty attacks, like he's not the richest man in the world anymore. It's like, okay, yeah, because he just spent and, about a fifth of his fortune buying a company. Yeah. You know, that's that's understandable. So yeah. what? What else do you got? Give him some and time. Then, uh, then there's an article that just came out that said, you know what? He hasn't paid. Um, they haven't paid rent on their buildings in several weeks or hmm. uh, some it was some short amount of time. And generally this is stuff you play, pay monthly or quarterly. And they're like, he hasn't paid it. It's like, well, that may be true. It may also be true that he wasn't supposed to yet, you know? Yeah. And so they're just coming at him with these just petty things. And I'm like, can't you understand that what you've got just looks unhinged? Like you can't make reasonable accommodations for stuff. Yeah. You know? Yep. And I do, uh, I like watching the five, on Fox just cause it's a little entertaining. I don't really expect it to be news so much, but, yeah. um, one guy that I have on there consistently on the Democrat side is Harold Ford jr. Former mm -hmm. Congressman from Tennessee. He and I would not agree on a lot of things, but I really respect the way he sort of, he w is willing to listen to both sides. He'll say, you know, that was wrong. They should, my side shouldn't have done that, you know? And, we need more people like that on both sides who are willing to say, look, I'm not going to make this personal, you know, um, I, j I just want to hear the story. And 
um, I would believe that he would even say that a lot of these attacks on Musk are just silly, you know? Yeah. And I, 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 uh, I think I told you this in the last podcast, this Adam Conover guy who, you know, Adam ruins everything. I see these people like him who haven't achieved anything in life. Nothing. The guy hasn't done anything. You know, he's got a YouTube channel, big deal. Yeah. Um, he, he's got videos on there, about Elon Musk is an idiot. Really? Yeah. I mean, I just, I can't stand this, you know, this petty stuff they're well, throwing at this guy and he just ignores it and moves on. And, and people like Elon, they don't say, uh, take, take taxpayer money to make things better. He goes, he takes his, I just looked this up. Uh, he, uh, he's put 5.7 billion, um, of Tesla shares, uh, into his charitable arm. And then they distributed that to different organizations and nonprofits last year. So, uh, 160 million, um, went to, or no, uh, 55 million. The biggest gift went to St. Jude's children's hospital, you know? Yeah. So, and then 54 million to the X prize foundation, which is, uh, they're trying to create a prize to figure out how to make carbon re removal projects which is fine, you know, cause it's, that's, those are private institutions trying to figure out a, 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 a fix to a problem, you know? Well, did you see him at Chappelle's show, the clip of him there? I didn't see it. I just heard about it. So Dave Chappelle does his show and he says, Hey, everybody want to introduce you to the richest man in the world. And Elon Musk comes out and you know, they say, Oh, he just got assaulted with booze. Um, to be honest, it sounded like at the very beginning it was more cheers and it faded into more booze. And then Chappelle yeah. goes, Chappelle goes, it sounds like it's a lot of people who used to work for you. <laughs> <Didn't> he, <laughs> it's a didn't, great line. Didn't Musk at one point go, I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But, you know, people are like going, oh, what an idiot. He went out there and he just got booed. It's like, you don't think Elon Musk understood that if he went out there on stage in fucking San Francisco... Yeah. He wasn't going to catch a bunch of shit from people. And I'm I'm trying to figure out why he went up there. I'm thinking it's just like Chappelle said, hey, man, come on up. And he's like, well, yeah. he's not, I'm not going to say no. And then he thought maybe. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't fucking care. And he thought maybe, oh, Chappelle's just going to say something funny and I'll have to say something back and whatever. And then uh, Chappelle says something, he says something, he leaves. It was not a big deal to him, I'm sure, like you said. Well, they said when he was, there was one person like, well, when he was walking around on the stage during the booze, he just looked all awkward and everything. It's like. Yeah, that's because that's not what he does for a living. Yeah, and he's kind of an awkward guy. <laughs> let's yeah, let's have you uh, go work in the rocket lab for ten minutes and see if you really know what you're doing. Yeah, you know, and then they'd be like, "Oh, he just kind of walked around like he didn't know what the fuck was going on." And be like, "But I don't make rockets," you know. I mean, it's it's so stupid, and yeah. I don't understand how these people think that they're getting to this guy. And he does a great job of just ignoring it, which incites them even more. Mm -hmm. It's hilarious. Yep. So, anyway. All right. Well, we're coming up on time, yep. and I got a, pit, a kid to pick up from a, from an event, so I should probably get going here. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to get in contact with us, what do you do? You go to Facebook, because that's where we are. And you leave us a comment, and you do likes and all that stuff. And uh, you give us some topics for some shows. And if you want to be a guest on the show, hey, uh, let us know because we're always uh, willing to take somebody on. And oh, I thought you say we're willing to take. To I thought you were going to say we're willing to take bribes. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not above being bribed. You know, <laughs> just gifts, not bribes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. It's all in how you look at it, huh? Because you know, whiskey. words. I'll take whiskey. 
Words are whatever we say they are now. Yeah, not scotch, right? No, no scotch. Not scotch. Whiskey. So yeah. don't get uh, don't get crow scotch for uh, Christmas, even if you're trying to be really, really nice. <laughs> and it's and a good spend scotch. A lot of and it's a good scotch. Because <laughs> he'll just look at you and go, "Interesting scotch." <laughs> <laughs> CMI. So I said CMI.